Hello, hello, beautiful, wonderful people. My name is Zalika. Welcome back to Philosophy with Z. I'm so glad you're here with me as we continue on this journey of what to say when you talk to yourself. I was looking for the book and I found it. Okay. Let's see. Today we are on chapter six. It's called The Wall. Let me make sure my music is down enough so you can hear me. Okay. So, uh, let me just do a quick little recap. I feel like it's been forever since I've been here because I did two recordings in one week because I was working last week. So, last week we were talking about our our brain, our subconscious taking directives from our childhood. We learn to believe it. Okay. So cool. So this is the wall. So we're talking about how most of our self-talk is unconscious. And sometimes it can't even really be put into words. We just have a feeling or an inclination or a compulsion or just a habit. It's just like what we're used to. And... And it's interesting, like he talks about how when we have new ideas or experiences that our brain quickly puts it in place. It puts it in a place where it makes sense. It says that when we're told something new, the brain will, in a fraction of a second, scan through literally millions of mental filing cabinets filled with every idea or thoughts or impression you've ever stored. In that same fraction of a second, based on the information already stored in your mental files, your brain will send you in an instant telegram telling you how to feel about this new thought, whether it should get filed or whether you should accept it, believe it, keep it and use it, or disapprove, disbelieve, and throw it out. So I thought that was so interesting because sometimes when I presented with a whole new idea that's way out of any concept that I know of, I'll be kind of dumbfounded for a second. I'll just be kind of silently trying to process. This happens a lot with my mentor, Sean G. Murphy. He'll say things and I'm like, whoa, that feels right, that resonates, but I cannot comprehend <laughs> because like vibrationally, I'm there, I'm with it, but my mental is not in alignment with that yet. So it it feels right, but it does not compute. So he says that basically when we are thinking of ourselves, the more you think about yourself in a certain way, the more you will think about yourself in that same certain way. And when we attempt to establish new thoughts about ourselves, it doesn't really stick instantly. And it kind of makes sense because you've heard them say, you've heard people say, you can't teach a new dog or an old dog new tricks. And that's kind of like how our brains work. The longer you bought the thought, the truer it is. That's what he says. The longer you have bought the thought, the truer it is. And I can totally understand that because it's like, if I've been telling myself a certain thing for years, and I've been practicing a new way of thinking for seven days. 
if I even make it seven days, just a few days, just today, if I've been practicing a new thought, like I haven't been consistently working out, but today everything changes. I'm going to do it every day from here on out. I am working out just for example, that'll, that'll be great. That'll work maybe a day or two, but that is not the norm. That is not what I'm used to. So it's, I'm not going to just so easily be able to change it. It's almost like, uh, I've heard this said before that if we can think of our, our mental pathway as like a giant boat, you can't just quickly turn a boat. It don't work like that. Not if it's a really big boat, like a, a cruise ship. You have to just like correct it just a little bit, like quarter of a turn and it will go that way. And although it was a tiny turn, a tiny, tiny pivot, it will continue on that way. So we're not making the drastic turn. We are just making a little pivot that will add up to more later. And this is right in alignment with my Kaizen confidence course. This is like how I have been changing my life, adjusting my life to to move towards my, my goals and my dreams. I couldn't, couldn't do like huge things all at once, but I can do a little bit every day. Like I am an artist and I didn't know how I wanted to share my art with people. I would first look at what most people are doing. Like there's a lot of prints, um, big canvas paintings, um, t-shirts, digital prints, stuff like that. And nothing really was resonating with me, but I, I just knew I wanted to share my art somehow. And eventually I got the idea to do stickers. I, I think it was just divine calling because I never, I guess I kind of had an inclination to make stickers at some point, but I didn't really think that's what I was going to end up doing. But now here I am, like I have like two or three sheets right now that are five that I need to cut up that will be ready for sale. And I started on my phone. Like, I can't show you my phone. Well, this is my, my old phone. This little thing here that I play my music from. It's just, um, I don't know what that one was. But the one I have now is a Pixel. And it's, it's not that big of a phone. I don't like the big ones because my hands are small. But I just got a stylus. I got um, a drawing app on my phone. I took a picture of my pencil drawn designs and I uploaded them on there and then I just like used the stylus to kind of digify it, digi digitize it, <laughs> digitize it and did some coloring, did some erasing and whatever and I sent them to a third party to get them printed and those are my first like maybe seven or eight stickers, my first ones I did that way and I had some sales and I felt more confident about it. And so I ended up buying an iPad so that I could do more easily draw on my iPad. And from there, I've probably made like 50 or 60, 50 or 60 stickers since then. Not all of them are in circulation yet, but I'm working on it. And I've done tons of other drawings. I've had people who have commissioned me to make them things for their businesses or whatever, or just for personal use. And all of that started with just drawing on my phone. It actually all started with a friend asking me to make her something. 
and I wanted it to be great. So I got out of my comfort zone and I did the digital editing on my phone rather than just drawing it by hand because I like the crisp colors that you can get from doing it digitally. And that was something I was totally against maybe like three years ago. I'm like, no, everyone's doing it on phones and doing it on iPads and technology and whatever. Like I was scared of it, so I rejected it. But anyway, I digress. So I, I just realized that I couldn't be a huge artist because I couldn't even comprehend being a small artist. I couldn't be a big time seller because I couldn't even comprehend being a little time seller. So it's just like little, little tiny steps lead up to a bigger thing. Because what I believed before was that I could not be a self-sufficient artist. So little by little, I am breaking that mental pattern by telling myself that I can, I can do anything I set my mind to. I am a successful artist. And that as I grow in my confidence and my courage in being a successful artist, then my scope will grow. Okay, so back to the book. That's just my little, how this has touched my heart story. So he talks about this self-made wall of negative self-talk. And it's like, negative programming that we have we have given to ourselves or we're given to us by others and we have self uh, I don't know if self-actualize is the right word but we have taken it personally we have decided that these directives are true for ourselves and so everything we tell our self-conscious about ourselves it will come to fruition it will be that because we tell ourselves that's what it is and he has a whole list of self negative self-talk that you have probably heard and that I have said to myself and have also heard. And I want to read every single one of them because I just want to get the point across of how much negative self-talk goes on that we might not even categorize as negative self-talk. So here's his list. I can't remember names. It's going to be another one of those days. It's just no use. I just know it won't work. Nothing ever goes right for me. That's just my luck. I'm so clumsy. I don't have the talent. I'm just not creative. Everything I eat goes right to my waist. I can't seem to get organized. Today just isn't my day. I can never afford the things I want. I already know I won't like it. I can never afford the things I want. Today just isn't my day. I might have said that twice. <laughs> I already know I won't like it. I definitely said that twice. No matter what I do, I can't seem to lose weight. I never have enough time. I just don't have the patience for that. That really makes me mad. Another blue Monday. When will I ever learn? I get sick just thinking about it. Sometimes I just hate myself. I'm just no good. I'm too shy. I never know what to say. With my luck, I don't have a chance. I'd like to stop smoking, but I can't seem to quit. Things just aren't working out for me. Oh, yes, there's more. You've seen me turn the page. I don't have the energy I used to. I'm really out of shape. I never have any money left over at the end of the month. Why should I try? It's not going to work out anyway. I've never been any good at that. My desk is always a mess. The only kind of luck I have is bad luck. I never win anything. I feel like I'm over the bill. Over the hill? Oh, I feel like I'm over the hill. Someone always beats me to it. Nobody likes me. I never get a break. It seems like I'm always broke. 
everything I touch turns to bleep. <laughs> Nobody wants to pay me what I'm worth. Sometimes I wish I'd never been born. I'm just no good at math. I lose weight, but then I gain it right back again. I get so depressed. I just can't seem to get anything done. Nothing seems to go right for me. I'm just not a salesman. That's impossible. There's just no way. I always freeze up in front of a group. I'm nothing without my first cup of coffee in the morning. I just can't get with it today. I'll never get it right. I just can't take it anymore. I hate my job. I get a cold this time every year. I'm just not cut out for that. I'm really at the end of my rope. You can't trust anyone anymore. I just can't handle this. I never seem to get any place on time. I've always been bad with words. If only I were smarter. If only I were taller. If only I had more time. If only I had more money. And on and on and on. So that's his list of some negative self-talk directives that I hear so many people give themselves. And it just blows my mind, especially my own self-talk, because I've generally been a positive person for years, but I notice a lot of these things I have said, like, whew, oh man, just thinking, oh, I can't handle this, or I never want anything, nobody likes me, I'll never get a break, I'm not good at math, I get so depressed, I get a cold every time this year. Like all of those, and since I stopped saying I get a cold every year, I have not. I did get a cold last year because a little boy, a cute little boy in my life gave me a cold, but that made sense. I was around a sick child, so I got it. But I've since then, I've been around that sick child and I have not got a cold again because I don't get sick. I'm always healthy and well. So anyway, I, I just be practicing my self-talk as much as I can. So basically, no wonder things don't work out for us if this is the way we're talking to ourselves. This is a good opportunity for you to assess your own, your own self-talk. And it's not, for me, it's not easy to sit here and think about what I think about. I kind of have to go throughout the day noticing what I'm thinking about because it's a lot. Like, I think that in earlier podcasts, I mentioned that there's like, 80,000 thoughts going through our head every single day. I'm awake for about 16 to 18 hours a day. And that's a lot of thinking. So there's no way I can just like reflect on all of it and say, yep, these are what all my thoughts were. But then again, a lot of them are repetitive. So I'm pretty good at knowing what I'm thinking about most of the time because I think about most of the same stuff all the time. But we cannot possibly be successful if this is a directive that we're giving our subconscious mind. And for example, he was talking about a waitress. She stumbled and knocked over a glass and she said, oh, I'm so clumsy. And he's like, hmm, I wonder how many times she has said that to herself in order to make this result happen. And that's just, it's so funny because it's, it's kind of like the chicken or the egg, which one came first? Like you stumbling over or you telling yourself that you stumble a lot, which one came first? I'm sure that you have stumbled before, but you don't have to say, I always stumble around or I'm always falling over or I'm so clumsy. Like that doesn't have to be a part of it. Like you just stumbled, that's it, move on. <laughs> so, 
Oh, and another one he mentions is that people who say they're not good with names. You know, you go to a party or you meet a new coworker and you're like, I'm going to remember their name. I'm going to do it. Minutes later, you forget their name and it's like, oh my God. Oh no, they just told me their name two minutes ago. How did I forget? And it's because if you have been telling yourself for years, like I mentioned earlier, if you've been telling yourself for years, I'm no good with names. Just because you one day randomly decided, I'm going to remember this name, doesn't mean you will. And meanwhile, you forget that name, your subconscious is like, yes, see, I did exactly what you told me to do. We forget names. We're not good with names. So I made it happen for you. Good for me. So that's your subconscious. It's just doing what it's told to do. The human brain will do anything possible you tell it to do if you tell it often enough and strongly enough. <sighs> Let me repeat that. The human brain will do anything possible you tell it to do if you tell it often enough and strongly enough. And that's, that's what gives me hope. That's why I do this podcast. That's why I work on myself because I am not predetermined by my old programming. I have the ability to change my programming and I believe in that ability. And I just believe that it just takes time and patience, persistence, self-discipline, consistency, just takes a bunch of work, really. And like, what else am I doing in this life? Going to a job, making stickers, like I might as well be working on myself and bettering myself so I can live more happy and free like it just makes sense to me. So that's why I do this stuff. I I love that people listen to this podcast and it helps them like do whatever. But also for myself, hearing myself say these things helps me too. And also like how many times I'm reading this book in order to do this podcast also helps me. And that's the repetition. Anything you tell your brain enough and strongly enough, it will do. So I see, I see the progress. I see it working in my life just because I'm putting in the time and effort. And so he concludes this by talking about when, when people might, you might casually state this, that no matter what I do, I just can't seem to make enough money to make ends meet. Your subconscious is like, okay, bet we'll make it work. We'll make it happen. No matter what you do, we're going to make sure that you don't make ends meet. And it sounds kind of silly and I'm like making a kind of a joke of it because it is silly. It, it's funny to know that I am the reason for where I'm at. Like it's, it's so reassuring to know and it gives me a sense of responsibility that I'm where I'm at because of my thoughts. That's what Sean says. Congratulations, where you're at, it's your thoughts. He used to say it's your fault, but having kind of like rediscovered the power of our thoughts, now he says it's your thoughts. And I get it and because there's no way I can be financially successful, financially independent, financially free if, if I have that mentality from this line then no matter what i do i can't make ends meet and so it's like a self-accepted limiting belief that i've imposed on myself and because my external world is a reflection of my internal world that is what is created around me and so 
he basically says that if we give our our minds the right programming, then instead of keeping us poor and average, then it could make us rich because it doesn't know the difference. Our our subconscious, our brains don't care what direction we go. It just needs a direction to go. And so it's up to us consciously to decide where we direct our subconscious. So that's that. And the next chapter, oh, it's talking about the, um, it's called passing it. Okay. It's talking about the programming that we received that was passed on to us. And I know a lot of this is repetitive in the beginning, Pretty soon, I promise we're going to get to the meat and potatoes and going to learn about how we can actually control and direct this subconscious mind. So that's all I have for you for now. I'm so grateful you're on this journey with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And if there's anything I can do to help you on your journey, go to my website, abstractlogic.me. Check me out on Facebook, um, on Instagram. I have all that information on my website. My I don't I don't really say my name or try to convince you to go to my Facebook from saying my name, Zelika Akila Thompson. It's just like a whole, it's a long thing, you know. So that's why I say just go to my website because on my homepage, we scroll down, it has my Facebook there. So, you know, just to make it easier for you so I don't have to spell out my whole name every time. So abstractlogic.me. Um my website is or my email address is on there. My Facebook and my Instagram is on there. Kaizen Confidence is on there if you're interested in that. Whatever you need, I gotcha. I even got the affirmation stickers for you if you just want to see some brightness in your room or in your car, on your fridge, whatever. So until next time, beautiful, wonderful people. Peace.